0: We need to. We need to. I'm. I'm eager to get started recording because I will get hungry later, and then. Yes. And then I will be angry while recording. We are, I get, we are uh, starting
1: late because of m- me. Just because I started streaming a wrestling video game, and I found out I can enjoy the wrestling video game a lot more if I don't actually play the wrestling video game. I just set up all the matches and make the computer play itself and sit there and watch it. And the match went longer than we all expected. It was craziness. So you were, here we are, Gwen. You were
0: sitting in a stream watching the computer play itself?
1: Yep. And wow. me and about 10 people were uh, getting way into it. <laughs> I'm finding niches, Gwen. If I'm not doing truck simulators, I'm having pretend wrestlers <laughs> no, fight each good. other. It's
0: like, a, it's like a sim game, kind of, in a way. Pretty much. Yeah. Were you, it's it's was a whole everybody, mode. Yeah. Was everybody rooting for one character or the other? Yeah.
1: Well, I was rooting for a character. I, I was definitely rooting for a, to, to, uh, The Undertaker and Kane. I was rooting for, for anyone that cares. But it's a kind of cool little mode. Like It's a universe mode. You can set up your uh, the names of your own shows and who's on the show and the rivalries and everything. And then just let it play out.
0: Man. Cool. Okay. It's
1: pretty, pretty not cool. But we just had a PlayStation have their uh paris games week thing
0: game week that's weird i didn't know that was a thing
1: nobody knew that was a thing gwen it was really weird i found out 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 about about a day before
0: yeah weird weird and you're in the uk so i feel like your proximity maybe you should have heard of it right
1: you'd have thought but i had not and then it was suddenly like here's this happening i was like oh did
0: sony just decide to have like a press conference like we're all right guys guys we've decided to have a press conference next week uh quick manufacturer thing and then they made up this that it's got to be something like that though it did feel very choreographed like there was trailers yeah. and announcements and things like
1: oh yeah it was legit I think I feel like maybe if we look this has maybe happened before and just somehow everyone's forgotten I know I don't know. I'm sure Sony were making something they must have been making some sort of a fuss of this just nobody saw it because every time I mentioned it to anyone oh the Sony thing today right everyone would say what I'd be like yeah, yeah I only found out about it yesterday I don't really.
0: So yeah, so Paris Game Week, apparently, or day? Was it a day? It must have been a day. It's a
1: week. It's week. I know someone who's just gone over there today, actually, weirdly enough. It's
0: a week. Weird. Yeah. Huh.
1: I had no idea. But there were some games announced, and there was a couple of nice-looking indie games announced. Uh, I sent one to you. Yeah, we
0: had had looked at Concrete Genie at work. We had actually already seen it. Really? Yeah, the art style's beautiful. Like it, it is right It's definitely unique I'm not like quite there with what the gameplay is yet like I don't quite get it but there I think it this trailer is meant to sell a vibe and a kind of an idea and a feel
1: um I kind of got I kind of got what the gameplay was it felt like you were solving little environmental puzzles with these guys like there was one bit in the trailer where he drew a thing over a hole in a wall and it meant that he could now go through it. Somehow, and I was like, "Okay, so we're solving little environmental puzzles with these guys."
0: Maybe, maybe it seems like um one of those um. I mean, these games are very successful. the The adventure games where you go around and you just like click things until you figure out what it is you need to click. Yes, um, but but fancier. <laughs> yeah, it's, it feels like a super fancy of one of those. Um, and those aren't those aren't my speed, but um, I this is a beautiful looking game, man. Let's, yeah, let's wait and see more.
1: That was the main thing. I had a bunch of friendly friends in it, and it looked super nice. So I was like, yep, I'm probably going to check this out when it comes out. Uh, that was about, like, out of all the announcements, that was kind of probably the one of the few ones I walked away being like, cool. Because oh, the, the ones I was...
0: The press jumped on, like, what, which game was it? Like, the violence video game well, stuff. Polygon did a huge yes. think piece about violence <clears throat> video games. <clears throat>
1: uh, the Last of Us 2 trailer was the particular thing, but also the... Gameplay moment from Detroit become human was also, they were both, they were both jarring. Don't get me wrong. They They were definitely like way when you watched it. I I mean,
0: and it's weird the way that they're jarring because I remember uh, back when I saw the first Tomb Raider trailer, like back Mm. before Tomb Raider exploded um, and Laura Croft, like it was this terrible scene where Laura Croft was like trying to survive and like she fell onto like a, a... Oh, yeah. spike that like that spiked spike. her in her innards and you're like oh and you're like come on laura Croft, get through it and you were there with her she was trying to fight and survive and you were there from her perspective um mm. and rooting for her whereas like when i saw the naughty dog trailer the violence felt very gratuitous but i didn't know anything about the people and i wasn't rooting for any of them and i didn't immediately well i, I mean i was just like this is horrible stop um being like Stop i don't this. think i i didn't actually sit through the whole thing it was kind of like it was actually pretty dry. oh really yeah it is
1: uh, yeah it's a very i remember when it we watched it i was just like my exact words were, jesus that's strong like <laughs> it was like yeah okay where well, this is going this is going there and I my initial reaction oh go ahead go ahead uh
0: i just didn't i mean i can understand why there's all these think pieces i think that there might now be uh I don't want to say there's an overcorrection or anything, but I I understand why there's think pieces, too, because I was when I watched that trailer, I I saw violence, but I didn't see any kind of message. I didn't feel like the violence was there to make me feel empathetic or like I didn't understand the purpose for it. I didn't feel whatever they were trying to sell me with in this trailer of um, any world building or anything they were doing in that way. I didn't get that. Um, And maybe that's the feeling on my part. And maybe other people did get that. It was definitely very beautifully rendered and beautifully executed and very well done. Mm. It was very visceral. Um, It was very effective at making giving me that the heebie jeebie feeling that that, and if that's the the vibe they're going for, they they nailed it. If their goal was to, like, make you feel kind of disgusted and like, ooh, I can't even look at the screen. They hit that. And that's not easy to do. So props to them for doing that. Um, I think the criticism that could be levied is, um, if this is part of world building, I didn't quite get to the point where, uh, I learned anything about the characters of the world.
1: Maybe. I mean, it's weird, right? Cause my initial reaction was just like, well, that was, I mean, I didn't really like the first game, so I knew I wasn't going to play this one. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, that was bleak, uh... But I kind of felt like that was, because when I saw all the opinion pieces coming out and people being super mad at it, I was like, but I thought, I thought that was the point. Like the the whole point was just it's bleak as fuck in this world and shit's just getting worse. That was all I took from it. But I'm also coming from it from a point of view, like I say, where I'm like, I don't really majorly care either. So yeah, I didn't expect to know any of the characters or anything purely because I didn't, like, no, the first game.
0: When you saw that trailer, did you get the intent, the feeling that you were supposed... To, one of those characters in the screen was supposed to be you?
1: Um, oh, no. No, I didn't. Yeah. Not, like, none of them. That, that, there's definitely that. That I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of valid criticism to it. No, like, I mean, it's I mean a, I was,
0: that was the one thing. Like, was one of those characters supposed to be the player character? Um, like, were you playing as one of these characters and they were being brutally assaulted? Or is this, like... I don't understand how it ties into the gameplay or the game world at all.
1: There's that. I mean, to me, I felt the best that I could say for it was, as the, I think, the same as you said. I, f- I felt the intention was setting a tone, and that was it. I didn't really get... If I feel like if I didn't know anything about The Last of Us, I wouldn't have learned anything there. But then this is a sequel, so maybe it's like, well, you know what The Last of Us is, so here's where the world's at now, maybe? I don't know. Mm -hmm. i'm not in a position to defend it because i didn't really care for it i was just sort of like oh well that was as sad and dour as the first one looked and i've got no fucking interest in having that in my life (laughs) so they they uh,
0: certainly got a lot of marketing out of it they certainly got a lot of um, press talking about their game now
1: i don't normally do a hot take on twitter is just because i don't know they're always stupid and i don't care but i saw a lot of people talking about oh that trailer was awful it was terrible it didn't do xyz and i thought initially coming at it from an angle of me being someone that doesn't super care about the last of us i was just like well i w- wasn't it just meant to upset you like i felt that was the point kind of did it i guess but then you know i read articles talked to people and i was thinking about it for quite a lot of the day actually because i was just like huh interesting i would like to have different opinions on this why do people think x y or z and i can see a lot of people's points as to why it was it felt gratuitous for the sake of gratuity as opposed to having a point or serving anything at all or building up anything I can kind of see that
0: I didn't I honestly didn't read a lot of the article or dig into it much I I just watched most of the trailer uh, and I knew there was a lot of buzz about it and I um, I as soon as I saw the trailer I knew like the press was going to eat it up Mm. and which is probably why they did it, and Possibly. Have, and sure enough, like Polygon had a think piece on it, and I'm sure a lot of other people in the press had think pieces on it as well because it's it it was an emotionally impactful trailer. It was so, and and you, you got to give it to the masters of the field, Naughty Dog, for for really really making a very powerful trailer. They did. They captured a feeling, if nothing else. A lot
1: of people were making the point uh, that it was both that did you see the detroit trailer as well
0: oh no i didn't look at that one
1: much more like a domestic violence kind of situation but the lady's a robot but it's still like a lady I mean, it's
0: quantic dream like if you've played some of their games they uh they've got some women in their underwear fending off sexual predators yeah that's like (laughs) in 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 heavy heavy rain rain, right stuff too yeah 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 like i remember those games yeah uh, yeah, I can, I can see that criticism.
1: It's, I can see uh, it as well. And also, uh, yeah, that Detroit game definitely, man, I watched it and I was like, I don't know if I want to play this. Like, this looks like it's going to be a fucking hard play. Like, yeah, it had like a drunken dad, like beating his kid and you don't see the beating of the kid, but you see the before and the after. And-
0: well, it's a Quantic Dream. <laughs> I mean, they've, <laughs> um, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to be, like, excuse them, but I, I mean, they've... That's the game, right? It's not like right? they're suddenly stepping out of their wheelhouse. No, it's not like they are making Mario. No, I agree. And now they've... Yeah. I'm
1: talking from a personal point of view. Right? Because it's a very difficult argument. And I don't know if either of us are the qualified people to have it. And this is why I was thinking about it and reading so much about it. Because I was suddenly like, you know what? I don't have the cognitive faculty be... to really decide anything on this.
0: Oh, God. you have You've just articulated something I have a really difficult time articulating. Because you have to keep in mind, I I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm I'm a lady, Chris. What? Yes, in Hang the industry. On. I, You're um, a woman? I did not sign up for a podcast shit.
1: of a woman, Gwen.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. This is I'm about sorry. video games. I'm sorry to, to upset you, Chris. But I um <laughs> I go around and I talk a lot and I, uh, people have... I don't want to say they've, they've threatened me but like they've been like hey you should uh uh the press sometimes will be like and obviously you should give us your hot take as like a chick in the industry and um, and the reality is i don't spend a lot of time researching activism and, and mm. looking into a lot of this the these these um uh participating in activist circles and that sort of thing so i feel like to add my voice and my opinion to the conversation would be dumbing down the conversation right way right i feel feel the same i feel like you have to i don't want to be one of those assholes that goes into one of these conversations with a weak argument that's clearly not well thought out especially Mm. in such a in in these topics that we're talking about now these heavy topics um violence towards women um these topics like uh the depiction uh, of
1: such in video games the depiction
0: and, of violence and, yeah and violence in video games and such i feel like these are topics that people have thought of very deeply and that there's a there's a lot of there's a whole language um to correctly articulating your opinions on these subjects and it's uh for me to wade in is somebody who's just like well I happen to be a female so here's my opinion feels like that would really be a stupid thing to do like that would just dumb down the conversation yeah and so I I actively avoid it I've never given a talk about feminism or spoken about any of any any of this stuff because there's activists out there that do this um, that have thought this through and I do not want to in any way distract from their much more well thought out opinions Do you know does that make sense 100
1: percent. i mean i also think it a lot of the time where it's like white dude walking in being like here's what i think and it's like no one gives a f- like i'm not helping and also it's the same <laughs> thing where it's like i just really don't i'll ha- that's why i never why it's so rare for me to throw out that hot take as people call it because I just don't, I don't know. Like, I I don't know enough. Like, I don't, I don't feel I know enough things, which is, everyone does it anyway, but it's like. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but, and there's some subjects where you can go out there and you can be like, I think this, what do you guys think? And people will be like, well, you're wrong and here's why. But feminism, violence towards women, violence in video games, these are heavy subjects. You Mm. can't just have like, I think this, prove me wrong. Like, no, (laughs) no, the internet will crucify you you do not there's that do not have an unwell thought out opinion about these things you, yeah. you can't just have like a casual conversation about a subject this heavy right now for good reason um That's and true, I, though. Can under- I can it's understand i can understand how that feels kind of like being silenced too yeah, because I hear, it th- I hear that argument right like you're there's there's this cyclical thing where somebody will be like yo like my uh, i'm a i'm in the games industry a lot of my friends are white men and they're like mm. hey i can't just throw out a thought on the internet because people will crucify me i was like well yeah uh i mean first up they'll crucify me too so i mean don't don't feel like you're alone here but uh second off you know it's a hot button issue that a lot of people have thought on very deeply and that people are very emotional about right now so no you don't yeah. get to just Verbal diarrhea your Twitter account about this sort of thing and expect no backlash. uh
1: No, hundred percent. No, 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 you're right. And the the only fi- time I find stuff like that difficult is that I find it's difficult to actually learn. It's very hard to be able to talk to someone. I mean, Twitter just become a fucking flaming bin at this stage like you look at it and you're just like someone set fire to the bin like it just (laughs) ruins everything and i've i've been i genuinely feel it's making my life worse at this stage
0: it probably is i mean we need it um for various reasons we need it in this industry but uh so you're forced to do this thing that is actually kind of hurting you in a way. Yeah. And I I was watching a Louis CK thing where he's talking about how we actively seek out information that makes us mad now. Yeah, uh, I do. which is totally true. And it, he puts it in a way that's funny, but it's absolutely true. I um I'm like I'm bored. I would like to feel rage. Let me go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. They'll accommodate me. Like and there's oh man.
1: Speaking of video games and whatnot uh someone asked us on twitter because i put a thing out saying uh send us some questions and i'm gonna gonna quick fire a couple of them because we got a couple uh Mm -hmm. one of them was just do we think microtransactions are ruining games and i would say no that's really quick what do you say gwen
0: um do i think they're ruining games
1: that's all they asked
0: well, no. Um, I think they're... Uh, this was
1: Jamie, sorry, on Twitter. Epic Forager, One, two, three, four, five.
0: Do I think microtrans are ruining games? I mean, there's games that don't have microtrans. If you want that experience, then mm. play games that don't have microtrans. Support. Um, I mean, people will do what makes money, right? Yeah. A commercial... The, uh, we could get into a whole conversation about commercial art versus, like, art for art's sake and shit like that. Mm. But uh, at the end of the day... Uh, the thing that makes money, people will do. And if you're, if you don't put money into microtrans and you buy games with your, your hard earned dollars that don't have microtrans in them, then people will make more of those games. Yeah. Right?
1: Essentially, that that's how that economy works. And uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think video games cost a fuckload more to make now than they've ever done. And people have got to make their money. So it's like, here's one way. Will people support it? And if, so far they obviously have or they wouldn't keep doing it i know i've bought microtransaction things so as mm. long as they're not forced down your neck like <sighs> i think they're I fine see,
0: a lot of it's cultural too i mean you got to keep in mind the the acceptable microtrans in the american market and the european market are very different from the acceptable microtransactions in korea and china and such and i think we've talked about this before i believe the we have yeah yeah so it's cultural like your your distaste for microtrans comes down to your personal taste um what you're used to what you like um and what not just you but the the things you've inherited as a culture um they're not going anywhere man I'll say that
1: (laughs) I would agree it doesn't feel like it they are if anything getting stronger and more powerful um Tulsinator on Twitter the Tulsinator asks will you ever answer the questions you send out for yes Tulsinator we're doing it right now and then he has a second question, which is also, did Chris get any pumpkin pie while in L.A. for TwitchCon? There was a contingent of people that really were surprised that I'd never had pumpkin pie. Uh, this has not come up on the podcast before, I don't think, but this was a separate thing. And uh, mm-hmm. no, I didn't. And I've still never had pumpkin pie. So here we are.
0: Wow. These are the, hard <laughs> the, hard... with the hard-hitting questions.
1: Yep. We get only the hardest of hitting questions. As we just established... We're both stupid. We don't know enough about anything. So people throw us the hard questions. This is (laughs) good. Do you like pumpkin pie?
0: (laughs) Uh, I've never heard it. As far as pies go. Antonio
1: Mm. Espinoza on Twitter asks, can you share marketing tips for indie devs with limited resources? And I think this is very pertinent to anyone that maybe watched a recent dire goldfish on Twitch stream where Gwen spent about an hour trying to make a GIF. it was
0: a four hour stream where i made one gif yeah yeah i mean i was there
1: for an hour at least and i all i saw was you trying to make a gif and it was should we say gif or gif gwen we're speaking we're gonna say gif i'm gonna say fucking gif that's what i've said forever and it's spelled with a g if you wanted it gif you should have spelled it with a j sir. anyway um so you you spent ages making one gif like i said much to my personal pain because i was like
0: yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't need to keep broadcasting that to the internet. The internet doesn't even <laughs> know about that. that when was you just spent a long time
1: confidence. making yeah, a well, gif.
0: <laughs> uh, so the uh, hmm. Okay. Well, let's step back. Oh, that that part of that was because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to record. Yeah, I know. I, I know. was thinking about I'm marketing and stuff. But the um, the no, and I did spend a, a solid hour just struggling with like, yeah. And what do people use to record things these days? And what are the um, yeah? You have to get used to. Uh, there, there is a certain dimensions that are ideal for Twitter. There is a reality that if you're going to put something on Twitter, um, some things will loop on phones and some things won't. And those things Mm -hmm. have changed. I've actually like, I have to pull up an article. Um, you have to be careful anytime you look at an article for how to make the ideal thing for Twitter, that it's a current article and not something from four or five years ago, because it's completely fucking changed whether a gif loops on a phone versus an mp4 versus this or that i think um for this kind of thing the the ooblets uh if you're as of the date of this recording i think that people who are best at putting gifs on the internet would be like the double fine properties like ooblets Mm. and such i mean i couldn't even tell you
1: what you do in the video game ooblets but i want i want to know more about it from those gifs it looks like the cutest thing
0: there are a lot of gifs so, uh, what was the was the question? The question was, was the about question?
1: marketing as a indie developer and you have limited resources. Marketing tips mm. in okay. that respect. Cool. Which linked I into that because you were creating a GIF to do a uh, yes, screenshot yes, yes. for the game you're making. So,
0: marketing. So, you're going to try to market your game. Uh, is your... This depends on so many things. Like your target audience, for instance. Um i i I'm, I'm I have a lot of hesitations here because so a, lot, me. a lot of the indie scene right now we've touched on this before is people who are when when your audience is going to buy your game, they are usually more interested in, in the indie space they're usually more interested in you and your studio um and your personality than they are in your game to mm. a degree. Uh, especially initially, for those for those oh, first few yeah. people, you need a cycle of success, right? Um, and there there are games that are not like that. There's games that are like No Man's Sky, for instance, where people were really, really e- excited about the idea. But mm. when you look at games like, why did Firewatch do well? Why do you know about Ooblets? People like, do you care about Ooblets? Or are you just going to buy that game out the gate because you've seen so many gifts from Rebecca? Um, <laughs> That's
1: it, right? Like, I don't, as I said, couldn't tell you what you do in that game. But I'm like, oh, that looks super cute. Little friends running around, beautiful art.
0: Other games, you knocking over trash, your raccoon knocking over trash cans, I guess. I am
1: all about that fucking game.
0: Punches bears, yeah. I
1: love that guy. He followed me one day and I shit my pants of excitement. I was like, oh my God, why have you followed me? And yeah, anyway, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's not good. You gotta wash your pants, Chris. Well, um, it's
1: a long process. Anyway, carry on. At least
0: you were wearing pants. I guess it's a step up. That's yeah. a step up
1: from where I normally am, Gwen. We both know
0: Understandable, it. Understandable, yeah. Um so <laughs> there's this this thing when you go indie, which is jarring at first, which is um the the default state for an indie developer. The the definition of an indie developer in these days is at least I feel in the space that I'm in, is um ever present on the internet as a personality. And mm. you'll see this um Double Fine is a master of this. Uh, you'll you'll see this to some degree with a lot of different indie studios. I mean, um, look at the Twitter following of the individuals behind some of these indie games. You'll see they're massive, yeah. and the way you get it, like, why did um, it didn't used to be this way? I mean, in the past, like when Steve Gaynor went and made Gone Home, for instance, uh, he still had a mass. no, he had a massive following already. Now I think about it, yeah. Cause he had been on uh, Idle Thumbs a lot, and he had uh, uh, had like a billion fucking Twitter followers. Hmm. Um, So maybe one way to do it is to go work at a major studio first, and then build up a following, and then leave. How how do you start a following from the ground up with no resources? Shit, man, you better have something compelling. You better be tweeting out a lot of gifts. You better be in communities sharing things on reddit and such um leaning into whatever it is your community is and trying to to find that and build that and there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of articles and research about how to how to become a big deal on twitch or how to become a big deal in your reddit community or this or that mod community uh, it depends on the game you're making you mm. you've got to build your community around the kinds of people that are going to be interested in the thing that you're doing right i think
1: yeah yeah i agree
0: the other thing you should keep in mind is, like, it's everything I'm saying here is bullshit. <coughs> Within two years, it's all going to be different. The thing that is marketing will be a different thing than it is now. Um, so it's, like, having a long-term plan is a mistake you almost just gotta kind of try to be ever-present and try to keep up with whatever it is the market wants at any given time Mm. try right now the hot shit to do is to tweet gifs which is why i was tweeting a gif
1: (laughs) Gwen i tweeting them gifs
0: twitter maybe in two years twitter will be gone like myspace is gone and there'll be some new thing maybe Ah, it'll be you know three models rendered in vr like i i don't know for sure exactly how to mark how to continue marketing the game forever um i don't think buying ad space as a person with limited resources is going to get you anywhere yeah not um, a great. if you don't have a certain amount of money to spend then it's almost worthless to spend money at all in my personal opinion for like facebook ads and banner ads and such mm-hmm. um there's different strategies for marketing a game depending on what it is. Uh, if it's a, you definitely should come up with a strategy. It should usually, hopefully, involve a trailer that launches with your launch, and maybe another trailer to get hype beforehand, um, if possible. Like trailers are great. If if you're capable of making a good trailer, uh, that's huge. Um, if you have any money to spend, I would throw it at that because that's marketing that exists to get you that initial push and get you in the press initially and also you can put that on your steam storefront whereas your gifts are not going to go in your steam storefront if i yeah. had money to spend i'd spend it obviously on the trailer making sure the trailer is shit hot um but then again in two years who knows but i will save right now like and and i suspect even for a very long time your trailer is going to be the single most important thing for marketing your game um
1: I'd agree. It's the first thing I ever see of most games. Especially everything being so video-based these days. That that is where I get most of my information.
0: Yeah. And I mean um, it's there's the strategy of work hard on the game, work hard on the trailer. Um, Have a series of gifts that you drop. Like, create a bunch of stuff up front and then slowly drop, like have a plan for how you're going to release them and drop them. Start dropping like a couple months out from the game and then again a month out from the game and then drop your big trailer when you launch um and that that's a more of a traditional plan there is the newer plan which is um have ongoing revenue and building a community to go through Patreon and Twitch streaming and stuff like this yeah um i cannot give tips on that i just started streaming like a, like 3 weeks ago
1: you do so. you already get more concurrent viewers than i do Gwen. you do you doing okay
0: they they They're my friends from Discord that I have from other places, but like the, they're just friends. Uh, I don't think I've built a, I wouldn't say I've built a community in the way that some people have built a community around their personality and such. And I will say like, um, if you want advice from that, there was a great Proplamps put out an article. Uh, if you want to go in that route, that, um, social ever present, I'm going to stream myself developing kind of route. I have seen some people do that. I've been... I, i've started doing more research into twitter just because i'm kind of getting into twitter uh finally a, a group of dudes out in seattle working on something called handmade hero
1: mm. uh,
0: which is like they're making a game from scratch um and making a bunch of tutorials like they they release a tutorial each day uh like each weekday i think yeah live on twitch and they uh um they've got a patreon and stuff and so they're launching a game but they're also getting paid to make the game as they go which is also part of their marketing so it becomes like this giant nest of just money coming from small streams of revenue and also marketing and this built-in group of people if they're supporting your patreon they're probably gonna buy the goddamn game right You'd imagine. like they're in yeah they're in it you've just given them a way to give you more money really yeah um So yeah, I
1: Those feel like good ways to do things though. Like especially I mean they're cost effective. It it costs as much as buying a couple of bits of equipment to stream with and you're away.
0: We've talked about this before. The um do you want to be the developer that is ever present online and it has a Patreon and stuff? Mm. Um or and do you want to do that as a, s- a solo developer or do you want to do that as a studio? And how do you build a brand as a studio versus building a brand as a solo person? This is something to consider. This is something where you try a lot of things and kind of see what works if you want to do that. Um, that not everybody has the personality type and the inclination to do something like that. And there is still the more traditional model. For instance, Cuphead was an indie game. Yeah. How did they? How did they survive? How did they market their game? They partnered with somebody much bigger than them, Microsoft. Yeah, that didn't That's how hurt. they did it. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, which is always a great strategy. Uh, if you if you're not the kind of person that wants to to be online at forever, and I'm not sure I want to, uh, because it's got its own problems. It does. Um,
1: it depends what sort of personality you are, really.
0: Yeah. the The more traditional route would be to to build up a pitch and try to get somebody who's much bigger than you with deep yeah. pockets excited. Publishers. And if you can get. Yeah, publishers, um, in the case of Microsoft, somebody where you can Microsoft, for instance, we made it. We were exclu- Microsoft exclusive on the console. We did mm-hmm. not release on the PS4 for a long time. We were exclusive to the Xbox One, uh, and in return for that, they uh, showcased our game in a lot of places. We got a lot of free press out of that. We were taken seriously because we did that. Um, by the Microsoft saw that we saw us as a partner and was marketed the game for us because of that, right? Yeah. Um and if you can that's a more traditional way. If you can convince somebody who's much bigger than you, um, that you will push their platform. And if you wanted to go in that route right now, what I would do is I would look at um I would look at things like like if I was trying to woo Microsoft right now, I would probably try to make a game that really heavily leverages Mixer. And I would go to them and be like, I would not know I'm going to make something for Mixer or something that heavily relies on some feature from the Windows store or heavily relies on, on something, some core tech that they're currently pushing align your goals with theirs and, and show them something that'll push their platform. For instance, you could do the same thing with other, other people. If there's an engine that's lagging and you can be like, uh, but somehow has deep pockets. I don't know what that would be actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know Um, what you mean though.
0: But yeah, like find a partner that's big, That has a lot of money and a lot of sway and tell them and create a symbiotic relationship with them that's a great way to market and that's a marketing strategy people don't talk about a lot but it's extremely effective and if you look at cuphead that's what they did and i they're not like they're not broke man they're doing all right
1: yeah i agree i i as someone that has done a lot of work with an indie game publisher i mean shit. you look at like end of the gungeon that did pretty fucking well and hmm. it didn't hurt that devolver were pushing that and then partnering up with sony who then also helped to push that and yeah n- none of that hurts
0: there's there's deals with um i mean the deals i was talking about like get get epic excited about your game try to push the unreal engine get microsoft excited about your game these are not publishers, publishers oh yeah a, i get you publishers are a totally different route which is also not the worst idea yeah uh, if you want to market your game um and you're marketing your game on your own is going to be a huge pain in the ass. And if you don't have a lot of money, um, and and you don't want to do this ever present thing, then yes, your publisher will be the next conversation. Mm-hmm. Get find partner with a publisher, even if they're not giving you any revenue, even if all they're doing is um, marketing and and such. Uh, I will say we we partnered with Curve um, after we had already been we so Self published. Yes. Initially on the Xbox One and the PC for The Flame and the Flood. And then um, when it came time for the PS4 port, we partnered with Curve for all SKUs. They just took over. Yeah. And since we did that, we've seen far more revenue. They've gotten us into different. Um, they, we were featured on Steam after we were partnered yeah. with Curve, which was huge. We were put into different bundles after we partnered with Curve. Um,
1: yeah, I saw you people, on Humble like and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, people talk about. People in the indie space like to talk mad shit about going with a publisher, but um, if it for us, it was extremely beneficial.
1: Yeah, and that. publishers exist now that, like Curve, I know they kind of specialize in indie stuff, and I've already mentioned Devolver. There, uh, Adult Swim games. There's uh, what Tiny Build. Like there, there's publishers yeah, out there whose whole thing publishes. is small games.
0: Absolutely, and I think especially if it happens to be that your game aligns with a, um, a portfolio of games. Yeah, so for hell instance, yeah. Yeah. Devolver's games all have a feel. If you're gonna make something that's kind of fun and, and punchy and has a kind of weird vibe. Yeah. Uh, that soundtrack. Slapstick with sound. Yes.
1: It's a running uh, joke with Devolver that they're like, <laughs> "It's got a good soundtrack," and honestly, most Devolver games have pretty fucking good soundtracks. <laughs> so.
0: If you happen to find yourself making a game that really fits well with somebody's uh portfolio, yeah. I would definitely pursue a publishing relationship if for no other reason than the people that follow them and that are into the people that play one devolver game probably go play the other devolver games. I can and fully attest talking, to that. Devolver knows how to market exactly that kind of game. If you were gonna mm-hmm. make some really you know um if you were gonna make like a, a deep meditative game about the importance of the meaning of life and shit. I would not go to Devolver with that, mostly because I don't know if they would know how to market it, even if they wanted it. They and did also publish the Talos they probably Principle. Probably don't want it. <laughs> oh, did they
1: really? Yeah, I was oh, gonna say should. there is there are a few outliers in that catalog where it's like, you'd be surprised. It's uh. like, oh, the Talos Principle was a game they published, and it's like, oh shit. That's weird. But I know what you mean. You are making an 100% yeah. correct point.
0: Yeah, if I was gonna make something really artsy and and unique and and kind of i say artsy that's a terrible way to put it but something i know what you mean unique with game art i'd probably go to annapurna for instance if yeah. i was going to do something comedic i would talk to double fine or i would talk to devolver if i was going to make something you know like there's there's publishers out there that kind of special in the indie space that have specialties in, in certain genres yeah. i would not go to a publisher you've never heard of because nobody's heard of them and you're getting nothing there
1: yeah i'd agree with that
0: uh I mean, there's no point if a publisher isn't giving you money. If they're giving you marketing, then they have to have a proven track record of marketing yeah. games well, right? Um, yeah. So I guess I, hopefully there's some advice in there.
1: There for, is. I think there's a lot. For the question.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. I tried.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I think there's a lot of good advice in that, and uh, I fully agree. There's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of options out there, and I mean. If you're making a game and you know that your game's good and you want people to see it, those are all pretty solid options of things you can do that don't involve you you personally spending a lot of money. Yep. Sounds it's ideal. Cool. Uh, I think we're probably about done here, Gwen. All
0: right. Well, it's been great chatting with you, Chris Sly.
1: It's always great, great, great chatting with you, Gwen, <laughs> <and> combined. <laughs> it's great. It's Gwen.
0: Alright, this has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the dialogue box